Well, we would like to welcome you to Episode 9 of The Hope Podcast. This is Jim Leary. I'm the host of The Hope Podcast. And I am very excited to introduce to you today Vicki Weiss. Vicki is uh, someone that I got to know while I was the interim pastor at First Baptist of Tom's River. So, Vicki, it is great to have you with us today. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Well, good. Well, we um, we uh, are thankful that you have um, been able to appear with me here today. So, Vicki, I'm wondering if you could begin this time by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, well, I have the blessing of uh, having an amazing testimony Um I was actually uh, born in the Philippines, and uh, I was adopted by an American family there at uh, the age of three weeks old. I was um, in an orphanage, and uh, my adopted family had recently lost a child, and I was brought to um, my adopted parents uh, by a nun, and I was adopted, and I quickly came to the United States. and. Um, my uh, military adoptive family divorced when I was two years old. I was one of six children. They had four uh, biological ch- children and two adopted children. So I was one of six. And my adoptive parents had divorced when I was uh, almost three. Mm. And I was raised by um, a single mother with a lot of children, and um, she had some problems with uh, struggling with drug and alcohol addiction. And um, throughout my life, I grew up in a very dysfunctional situation um, with a lot of children in the home and poverty stricken. And at the age of seven, Um, I was approached by a neighbor who had frequently seen um, my brother and I. I had a a younger sibling who was a year younger than I was, who was also adopted. And she had seen us many times, and she came up to me and started to talk to me about Jesus at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And she was actually the person who sent um, the church bus (laughs) to my house. Uh, to pick my brother and I up and started uh, going to church at seven years old. Hmm. And, um, you know, throughout that time, you know, I had witnessed a lot of things um, uh, about my childhood that, you know, it may be very common for people and may not be. Um, But I learned at a very young age how to take care of myself. And it seemed like God at the right time had sent me this woman to help me and immediately I was enrolled into a um a Baptist uh private school mm-hmm. and uh had the privilege of going to uh a Christian school where I started to receive, you know, lessons about Jesus and learning all about him. And the timing was perfect, Jim, because at this point in my life I was just a little kid and my mother was emotionally unavailable for me 
sometimes physically unavailable for me. And I had a lot of brothers and sisters, and we didn't grow up with the basic needs that children should have grown up with, you know, plenty of food, um, someone to care for my education, someone to look after and make sure that I had my health visits and things like that. And, you know, I I I think one of the the pivotal things in my life at that very young age is when uh my church had invited me to start singing at the front of the church at 7 years old. And it was like a miracle because he gave me a gift and a, he meaning the Lord gave me a gift that he gave me the gift of memorization at a, a very young age and I could sing any song um that there was and started uh sharing my heart as a gospel what I call a gospel singer as a child mm-hmm. and um you know throughout my life I had a series of events I ended up uh being the only kid out of the six children that ended up staying in the home with my mom until I reached the age of 18 years old um and part of that was that I always felt a connection to her because I was always afraid that something bad would happen to her. She was in and out of the hospital often, um, always struggling with rehabs and issues with, you know, driving record. And it was really hard for me. So I would never would leave her, you know. And um, I wasn't as fortunate as some of my brothers and sisters. Um I had one brother at the age of 27 years old uh, who was living with me at the time who ended up falling into addiction himself, and he ended up taking his life by hanging in my backyard. Mm. I also had a brother uh, that also took his own life uh, shortly after my brother. So... I had really felt very desperate. Um, And even though I had grown up in the church, and even though I had a lot of support systems from the church, as I was in my early 20s um, and this happened to me, I felt really abandoned um, by God at that moment, especially because I was so devoted and I cared about him so much. I couldn't understand why he would allow these things to happen to me. Mm-hmm. So because my brother and I were extremely close, um, we were only 11 months apart and we were almost like Irish twins, even though we were adopted. I mean, he was the joy in my life, a big part of it. And, um, for years, uh, when I felt so hopeless, um, I was a young mother, uh, I witnessed the suicide, I really needed some counseling and some help. And I had been singing at the time um, with a Christian professional choir, a traveling choir. And mm-hmm. the Lord had brought me to this place called America's Keswick. And mm-hmm. it was there at the time I was doing a solo and singing the song and we sat down and one of the men from this 
uh, place America's Keswick, which is a uh, drug and alcohol addiction program, a faith-based program in New Jersey. And um, I listened to this man give his testimony of his drug addiction and his almost suicide attempts and how God had transformed his life. And God reinvigorated my relationship with him because I started to go to Keswick all the time. And Mm -hmm. I started to um, receive the love and the knowledge and the wisdom that I was lacking. And when I was at my, what I consider one of my worst out of my, my years of being alive, you know, because I felt so disconnected from God because I felt so hurt by my tragic loss of my, my siblings that I loved. And it was over the, I, it's been about five years now um, that I've been involved with them, singing with them. And I have the privilege of hearing the greatest Bible teachers in the world. And I've just received so much instruction by getting into the word and surrounding myself with people who love Jesus and that have gone through similar things as I have. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just been a very, a very uh, long journey, but but also one that brought me to a place where I feel like my life is now at a point where, although I'm still learning, I'm I'm helping others through the inspiration of knowing that when it seems impossible, that Jesus still loves me and that he wants what's best for my life and that he's going to still take good care of me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's great. Um, you know, it's amazing. I, I too love America's Keswick and, my wife and I actually met at another Bible conference, but there's there's something about America's Keswick, and I think you you touched upon it, and that is the colony of mercy and the uh, the people who are there now. Of course, they have the, women, the women's residency program as well, and I there's just something about there that, um, and I think it's it's what the gospel was doing in the lives of people there that makes it such a special place. So I understand your, your draw to that. Um, Vicki, could you share with us a little bit about, now you said that you, you listened to the testimony of this gentleman who shared there. Could you share with us a little bit of how the gospel has given you hope through this process as well? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I will admit that, uh, that as much as I can memorize a song, I really am challenged to memorize my Bible verses. But um, Mm -hmm. I've been working on that. It's part of my growth process. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the gospel of Jesus, just really the story um, and and the word has just transformed my life. Um, And the more I seek him by, by studying his word and, and trying to apply um, his wisdom into my life, it's helped me uh, heal my heart. It, mm-hmm. It's the healing has to happen first, 
before you can use your life experience and the transformation and the hope to help others. It's it's that pain that you endured in your life that you have to address, and that has to be addressed by the living word of God and understanding um, his, his promises while he's speaking to you and into your life. Um, and, and that, it, you know, it takes years for the hurt to get into a person's heart. Um, you know, so many people go through tragic stories, um, just like I have, and sometimes even worse. Um, but, but it's, it's, it's that, it's that living word of God that when you apply it to your life, it starts to heal the damage that has been done and sets you towards the path of living a more like a more healthy and, and holy life that God intends us to live. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I certainly do appreciate that. And I, I know for some people, and I'm sure that was a struggle for you for a a long time is moving beyond the pain to be willing to allow God to use his word to to begin to bring that healing. It's it's so hard sometimes for people who are in the midst of the pain to right. to look beyond that. And and sometimes Absolutely. sometimes we get stuck there, don't we? Absolutely. And and I think, you know, self-pity for situations and experiences. It's a very normal and human uh, behavior, but it's very common. Uh, It's very common in our world where people are struggling with um, depression. I mean, my two brothers took their own life. They couldn't see outside of their own hopelessness to see any brighter future. But the difference is and we came from the same background, mm-hmm. um, is that I had decided that I wanted Jesus to be in my heart and to be living into my life. And it was that foundation throughout my my childhood and my adulthood and now into my career that and basically everything that I do that's 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 changed me that I'm not struggling with with depression or anxiety or things that uh, a product a child a, an adult child of an alcoholic struggles with mm-hmm. because it's so dysfunction is so natural you know mm-hmm. um but but this what what these things of this world are not what God intended for us so so to make that personal choice to live above that, it, it takes a lot of effort and it's a practice. But once it's mastered, it's a wonderful reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you ever get down? Do you ever have days that um, you feel that you're down? You feel down. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I have a, a high pressure career. Um, I. I live my my life out now uh 
you know, working for a program that helps children that have similar backgrounds as I do. Mm. And sometimes the situations do get me upset. Um, you know, you know, recently I, I recently lost my uh, husband to a mm-hmm. heart attack. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been a challenging year for me. Uh, and sometimes I do get, uh, get down, um, but I've learned enough through my relationship with the Lord that when I seek him and when I trust him and when I rest in him, the peace comes very quickly mm-hmm. and I don't have to struggle on my own, um, that act of humility to be dependent on him has been a, a blessing that that uh, that through all the situations in my life, that when I do these things, I don't have to wait long. You know, my mm-hmm. relationship yeah. is strong with God. And, um, and I'm grateful for that. Every day I'm grateful that when... I do have moments and times where I wish he could come out of the sky and just give me a hug. And mm-hmm. and because we're so used to the physical connection of our relationships with beings on earth that that when you can feel so close to God that you have this euphoric hug that's so much better than anything a human can give you. <laughs> that I don't stay down long. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Well, that's a that's a wonderful testimony. Um, thanks for sharing that. So, why, uh, from your perspective, why do you think? Um, I think you've touched upon this in several different ways already. But why do you think that people lose hope? Um, well. And I'm saying this based on many relationships that God has given me the opportunity um, to have. You know, sometimes Christians uh, just surround themselves with fellow Christians. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been pretty obedient in my walk to realize that God wants me uh, with people um, that don't really know him. to be a disciple, to be a living testimony. I don't even have, I work in a secular world where I know many, many, many people uh, that have no relationship with God whatsoever. Um, Friends with lots of atheists and lots of agnostic people. And I never have to mention the word Jesus because they see his light in me. And eventually, eventually it ends up that I'm approached and I'm questioned and they want to be fed more and more at a rate that they can receive it. Mm-hmm. It may not always be, um, you know, the lingo Christian talk <laughs> that I can speak to people. It may have to be altering my language, but still in a way that is acceptable to an ear that doesn't know the Lord at all. Mm-hmm. Um so I know these people are struggling because they come quickly to me, always. It's, it's, over the last couple of years, it's been increasing uh, for me, um, my relationship building and my testimony and, and my sharing the gospel of Jesus with others. And it's 
been really miraculous to see him working in in me, you know, even as even as as my tongue speaks, he he helps me do these things. So I know that people are without hope because this world is a horrible place. It, it's it's full of of catastrophe and and loss of morality and and rampant behavior and chaos um, everywhere you turn, even in and I'm sorry, but even in the church, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion, uh, and there's just a massive amount of healing that needs to take place with individuals uh, for them to even be open to know the Lord mm-hmm. because they're so scarred within their heart with grief upon grief that has happened to them that that that's why people are hopeless. And then, then you compound that with the fact that people are self-medicating their, their heart with drugs and alcohol and whatever it is that they struggle with, um, the, the list could go on and on and on of what could heal their heart other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, um, I so appreciate that you are out there and, because the Bible tells us that we are to be salt and light in the world. And yeah. it's hard to it's hard to be that if we're not out there. But also the fact yeah. that you you are one who has chosen to use your story to to bring hope to others and that's a tremendous lesson for for others as well. And so I I commend you for that. Thank you. Yeah, so um Yeah, that's that's true. So um so for those who are listening and those who have an opportunity to to be salt and light as well, is there is there something that you would suggest that would be uh just some uh a suggestion or two for a way that our listeners might might offer hope to others. You've touched upon that in some ways already. Um, I had, uh, I guess it was two episodes, a young lady who was going through a depression herself says, you know, the most important thing that we can do is that we need to, we need to just listen to others. And so that has been a valuable lesson to me. You know, there are times that I just need to shut up and I need to listen to other people share their story. And sometimes that that opens up the door. But do you have any other words of uh, advice on uh, of how we can offer hope to others? Any suggestions that you have? Well, I'll tell you throughout my lifetime, um, people who have always been a blessing to me in all my circumstances, um, and have have been uh helping me along through my path is that um they are encouragers um people have the gift of encouragement which is also the gift of love and and Jesus was was so great at doing that while he was here um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh i would just um say that uh while people are struggling, that outpouring of love and encouragement, it could be 
a kind word. It could be a touch on the hand. It could be a pie. It could be food. It could be your time. Uh, it Time is a big thing. You know, um, everybody's just so busy uh, that it's so hard to make time for people who are struggling or to, to put it in your radar to remember to be a source of encouragement um, and love. But that outpouring of love to someone that's it's hopeless. It's 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 just it brings that person encouragement and hope that they need so desperately, and and they're not always going to ask for it. Um, so I would encourage everyone that if you have someone in your life that's that's struggling with a problem or an issue, or um, isolating themselves from the world, just just be an encouragement and and know your word and offer the the scriptures that are going to help others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like to. I appreciate that. I, I like to call that a ministry of presence. You know, it's not always having something to say. It's just being there and. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Being in the moment and being present is very, very important. Um, it's a wonderful practice for people to get into, and it it, it helps people who are struggling with depression and anxiety to when they live in the moment, whether it's yourself or other people, to, to, to help with the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to be with us today, Vicki. We certainly well, do appreciate it. Yes, thank you for um, having me. Thank you for having me. And um, we certainly will continue to pray for you and the ministry that you have and where God has you and I'm just very thankful for your story and of how you are using that to encourage others. So thank you very much. Thank you, okay. Jim. Okay, well, as just before we wrap things up, we do want to thank you for downloading the podcast today. And we, I am sure that uh, Vicki's story has been an encouragement to you. Um, one of the things that uh, we do regularly on the podcast is that If you feel that you're at a place of where you need help and encouragement, to first of all seek that out from your pastor. If you don't have a pastor, uh, we suggest that you reach out to a ministry called CCEF. It's Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. They're located in the greater Philadelphia area. But um, even though they're in the Philly area, they have trained counselors all over the country. And if you download The show notes for this episode, we will have the phone number for you to call. And if you can't find a counselor through them, we encourage you to drop us a line at our email address and just say that I need help finding a counselor and we will do what we can to help you. And our email is thehopepodcast at gmail.com. So um, thank you for listening today. We encourage you to stop by our website. We have a blog of where we are posting regularly. Our website is thehopepodcast.com. And uh, we would love to have you stop by and uh, share a note or a story with us. So once again, Vicki, thank you for being with us today. And we pray that we pray that God will continue to bless you. And thank you all for listening today. And we encourage you to wait and to look forward to episode 10 which will appear next week. So have a good day. Oh.
open the window, release a day. Oh, come let your waters flood over me. Cause I've seen your beauty, been cleansed by your blood. Before you leave, there is one other thing I'd like to share with you. A healthy lifestyle is important to me, and that's why we created this podcast. I have worked hard all of my adult life to stay in decent physical shape, and running has always been the primary way I've tried to stay in shape, but I've struggled with a bad knee the last couple of years. I became frustrated with where I was heading, even though I was trying to work out on a regular basis. Our daughter, Carrie, told me about Shakeology and how it helped her reach her weight loss goals. She gave me some samples and also told me about P90 and other Team Beachbody fitness programs. I thought at first that it was just another fad, but I decided to try P90 anyway to see if it might help. I lost 12 pounds. That's right. I stopped running and lost 12 pounds. The combination of drinking Shakeology and exercise programs like P90, P90X, and now Body Beast have helped me to be in the best physical shape of my entire adult life. If you would like to learn more about Shakeology or other Beachbody products, I encourage you to send me an email with your questions. You can reach me at thehopepodcast at gmail.com, and I would be glad to help you to reach your fitness goals. Thanks again for listening to the podcast.